Well, it is uh, my privilege at this time to introduce to you uh, Debbie Gisha, and I ask her kind of like, how do you want me to introduce you? And she says, I'm just a, a plain person, whatever, and you just say you were a mom of five. <laughs> so I know, I know that that always means some, something in terms of busyness and giftedness, and so what a great and a wonderful thing. A blessing to have you here this morning. I know that you've been heavily involved in Hands for Haiti and other things, and have been a as uh, the phrases go, kind of like a mover or a shaker, or very, I'm going to use the um, musical term, instrumental. I see. In, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. in terms of uh, being a part of that. And so um, I've, I've heard more about you than I have been able to talk to you personally, but a blessing and a joy to have you this morning as a partner in the gospel. We're looking forward to hearing what it is that you have to share with us. So thank you for coming. Thank Just you so much. offer praise up for her being able to be here with us this morning. So... Um, First, actually, I would like to say, Emily, wherever you are, thank you for what you do. I was a high school youth minister, my husband and I, for 20 years. Um, We finally retired, and wow, kids in college need our prayers. They need our help. They need Jesus so much. They struggle and are faced with so many things. They come out of our communities, our tight-knit communities, and they go out into these other environments. I'm not, I'm gonna, I'm talking about Haiti today, but but, um, but my heart is with youth. And so thank you so much, Emily, for what you do. Um, it's so, so, so very important to start with the song. So um, I like to sing and to worship and praise. I'm actually the worship or uh, liturgist at my church in Cadillac. So this is very comfortable for me. So we're going to sing a song in Creole. Um, We have a one of our programs, our new evangelization program. Um, We have a fabulous pastor who has a very, very vibrant Baptist church there. And he taught me this song and it's become one of my favorites. So We're going to sing, I'm going to sing in um, Creole, and then we are going to sing in English, because I know that you guys want to sing too. Okay. Thank you. 
the beginning. I know you're the Son of God, the King of kings and Lord of all. I know you're El Shaddai, You are so heavenly and glorious. We just love you and we adore you. And we thank you for this space and this place and all these people. And Lord, I ask the Holy Spirit, speak through me and really just uh, speak the words that you want people to hear today, not on my agenda, but on your agenda. I ask this in your precious name. Amen. Okay. Put this lovely guitar back. So just let me tell you a little bit about myself. Uh, My name is Debbie Gisha, and I am originally from downstate, moved up here in 1994 with my husband, um, Jeff Gisha, and he opened up a chiropractic practice there. I know he knows a lot of you um, from that practice. And we made the mistake, would you call it a mistake, like Emily, and asked God where he wanted us to go. And he sent us across the ocean to this little island of Hispaniola, and to work on the poorer side. Both sides um, need a lot of help, but um, uh, the country of Haiti. And so that's kind of where he sent us. So we first went there in the year 2001, right after 9-11. So and that was kind of a scary time to travel, but we prayed and prayed and prayed and felt God was still calling us to go there. So we went there in October of 2001. 
we worked there until 2010. And in 2010, we discovered that there was so much more that we could do if we personally listened to what God was telling us to do. So in 2010, um, just our little family created this organization called Hands for Haiti. And so through the years, we've done many different things. I'm going to go through some of the things with you. But it's interesting how God put something on your heart. And how do you discern whether that's what God's putting on your heart or what it's what you're putting on your heart? So we, I'm kind of a crazy person, if any of you guys know me. My husband is my steady. He's very calm. And I'll be like, we're supposed to do this. And we'll try something. And, and God just, it just closes a lot of doors. So we've done many things, tried many different things. And the ones that I'm going to show you is where God really has said, "Let yes, yes, this is what I would like you guys to do. So... So welcome to our organization. Um, we're just going just gonna to kind of show you a little bit about ourselves. So we have many different programs. Um, we have a farm program, a food program, a health clinic project, an outreach program, and a mountain school project. So when we started working in Haiti, we realized that there's really some top needs that people have, right? Food, education, um, health care, and faith. So what we really also felt, um, what we really discovered was when you go to another country and you do things for them, that's all good, but they have the same um, need for human dignity that we do. So if you're um, a father, a husband, you want to be able to provi provide for your family. If you need assistance to help you, that's great, but you ultimately want to provide for your family. If you're a mother, you want to be that person to your children, to your family. So we found the same thing that um, in this for human dignity, by helping people, they, we want to teach them how to help themselves. Because that's where they really um, take pride in what they do. And that really makes them feel like God created them for a purpose, and they need to be able to fill, fulfill that purpose. So how can we help them do that? Well, I'm going to go this way. Oops, I skipped a little too. I'm going to go back. Okay, so we developed this farm program. Um, we go into the, the, um, the mountain community, actually, where it's very difficult to farm, and we teach farming techniques. And basically, we use this mantra, give a man a fish and feed him for a day, teach a man to fish and feed him for a lifetime. I'm going to show you a little bit about our program. I've got, okay. So what we do is we go into the mountains, and they have to own their own property, they form these little gardens, and we teach them how to farm. What we found in the mountains, they were not being able to grow food very well because of the terrain up there. So we developed a program. We hired two agronomists from Haiti, and they teach all of our farmers how to grow properly. We, um, we visit their farms and we have trackable statistics. We've been going one community at a time. So I've got a video here. Well, it's coming up in a minute. So this is one of our groups of farmers. Every year we add 30 new farmers. It's a two-year program. So every year we have 60 total farmers, 30 first years and 30 second years. So this is just a picture of some of our farmers with some of their crops. 
So I go up there frequently, and on this next slide is of, um, these guys are growing cabbage right here. Whoops, that's okay. So this is a video, I don't know if we can get this to play. I don't know if you wanna. So they first have their formation actually in Bob. They all get together um, at our health clinic in Bob. They have the formation together. They give them their seeds and they teach them and then they disperse them out. So this is the second farm that we're coming to. This also, it has cabbage. The guys, um, Samuel and Obinus, they come out here two to three days a week and check all the farms and just check on everybody. So I know that probably was a little confusing, but I really wanted to show when we go up there, we go and we visit the farms. These farmers are so excited to show me their farms. They talk to me about not being able to send their kids to school, not being able to provide for their families. They now can be able to send their kids to school. They can provide for their families. We've discovered that cabbage is the cash crop up there. They can earn a lot of money in the markets with cabbage. So a lot of them like to, to grow cabbage. This farmer was growing cabbage and actually peppers um, in between. So right now we have 127 farmers. What is really nice about the program is a lot of the farmers that have graduated, actually all of the farmers, I just had the statistics last time I was there, all of the farmers that have graduated still have their farms. So that is great that they're still continuing on and they mentor each other. So that's really great. This is one of the farm graduations. Um, they get excited, you know, when they graduate and the top farmers receive a goat. So what happens is they receive a goat, and then from the litters of the goats, they return one goat back to us so that the next year of the farm graduation, um, those people will receive one of those goats. So it's kind of a self-sustaining. We purchased the first goats, and now we just receive goats from the litters of goats. So um, that's our farm program. We also have water tanks in the mountains. We have seven water tanks. When I went up there, um, when we first initiated this program, they had um, explained to me that they had difficulty in the dry season, and they were complaining to me, what, what am I going to do for them? <laughs> and so I said, well, actually, um, I'm here to assist you. You guys have to tell me what you need, and you guys have to figure out how to manage this problem. Um, so in the beginning, they weren't really helping each other, so they decided if we had some water tanks, they would help carry water for each other, and they would help each other's farms. And so now they are doing exactly that. Every time I go up there, they all follow each person's farm, and I say, well, whose farm is this? There's a whole group of people, well, it's this guy's farm, but we all, we all help him. You know, the next farm, whose farm is this? Well, it's this guy's, but we all, we all help him. So they're really helping each other now, which is really nice to see. So the next program we have is our Timanger food program. This was started because in the mountains, kids, they don't have a lot of schools in the mountains, and the kids, their parents want them to go to school. So what they do is they send them down to the villages to work in servitude for other families in order to be able to go to school. A lot of situations are not that great, and so we would like to keep the children with their families. Um, so, um, so, but if we can't, like I said, they, they send their kids down 
to the villages to go to school. So this program feeds those kids. They come to us and they get a monthly ration of food. They get um, rice, beans, cornmeal, and then some vegetables and spices. And they get that every month. And our staff there make sure that the kids are receiving their food because some of the families that they work in servitude for don't feed them, and we want to make sure that they are, in fact, receiving their, their food. So this is a great program. We started it right when we began. This picture here is just some of our team members helping out with Team Manger Sunday when they come and receive their food. Um, and really, I like this slide. It says it, it's more than just passing out food, but it's giving kids hope for their future. And it's about building relationships and encouraging them. Some of our kids in the program are in their 20s. Some of them are, are young. And people ask, why do you have kids in the 20s in your program? Because we want them to continue until they graduate. And some kids don't graduate high school until they are like 20 or 21 because they have to keep dropping out. So some of our kids are a little bit older, but we really want to encourage them to graduate, and this will help encourage them to graduate. The other program we have is, like I was telling you before, a lot of the parents will send their kids down to the villages to go to school. So if we can identify an area in the mountains that the community will support a school, we will assist them in building a school. We won't build it for them. We'll send teams out to help them build it themselves. They have to own, the community has to own the property. And then we will go to bat for them, for the government, for the school to become recognized as a school so they will pay their teachers. And this is what we've done. This is the first school that we've done and this is what the school looked like before. These are the kids in the school. This school, I think, had about 170 kids. The next school we're working on has about 250. So first we built benches um, for them to use in their classrooms, and then we helped them actually build the school. When they're finished building the school, and when we go to the back for um, the, them to um, for the, to the government to become a school, they have to be able to support their teachers. We don't want to support the school because they will take more pride in it if they support the school. If they have difficulty paying their teachers, we go and talk to them about tithing some of their crops. When they're paying their teachers, their teaching are, are using that, that funds to buy food anyway, so let's tithe some of our crops. So this has been very, very successful um, in the mountains. So these are just some slides of just some the construction on one of the schools. So when we went up for the, um, this is, was kind of an interesting add-on program. When we went up and were working with the farmers, I don't, when I told you that um, they were having difficulties, not knowing what to do during the dry season, I really witnessed people not wanting to help each other because they were different faiths. They were Christian faiths, but they were different faiths. The Baptists didn't want to work with the Catholics, and the, the Catholics didn't want to work with the, um, the, the other Protestant group, and it, it was just, it was, I, didn't, it was, I was like, what is up? So 
I guess same time, same thing here, you know, in America, sometimes we don't get along with different groups. Well, we should. We all worship the same God, okay? And we all are here, you know, together. We should need to love each other. So we developed this program, and this is our Telegly's outreach program. So we developed these family um, or these neighbor groups, not necessarily families, but these in, in the neighborhood with the neighbors. And so uh, Matinee, who's the person that taught me this song, is from the Baptist church up there. And we developed this program, and they have these share groups. We use these solar audio Bibles because they, they can't read up there. And they have small groups that meet every week. So this program has spread we had a leaders conference where we trained 60 leaders to be small group leaders. And now we have a youth program, and it's just grown a lot. And so they wanted to do a prayer walk. So in order to make announcements, how do you know that this is going on, right? What they do is they walk through the mountains, and that's how they spread the programs that we, that we have. And so... Um, this is slide is of the first group of leaders. So this is our first group of leaders um, at the leaders conference. They said to me, can we do a prayer walk? And I said, well, sure, what's a prayer walk? I mean, I, I figured it, what, it, you know, what, what it was, but I didn't realize they would have instruments. So now they do this quite frequently, and they go through the mountains, um, and they, they play their instruments, and they really just invite people to be a part of our evangelization program. So this was the first prayer walk. I just thought it was really cool when they sent me this video. So I thought that was really awesome. So that's our um, Tile Glees. All of our programs begin with T. T means little. So T Lake Lee is his little church. Um, so that's what that means. So um, this is our next program that we have. And so this is probably our biggest program. So in 2015, we took a team to Haiti and we had a medical clinic, as many of you sometimes are involved in. I know that um, NMC, you know, goes and they do um, some building there, and they also are involved with um, a doctor there that does, that they do medical clinics. And so we, the same, we went up to the mountains and did a clinic, and the, the people up there really challenged us, and they said, um, we have no health care up here. There's nowhere for us to go, and we saw I think, what, 200, how many people? 750 people in two and a half days. They just, they had nowhere to go. They walked eight, ten hours to come see us. So um, in 2016, we decided, hmm, if God wants us to build a health clinic, right, then we'll build a health clinic. So let's see, let's see what God has in store for us.
So the community where we worked in the mountains, we found an old home that nobody was using, and they came together themselves and rebuilt, renovated this home for us to have this health clinic. Here's the health clinic right here in the mountains. So we see over 200 people a week at this health clinic. It is very, very basic. Um, we bring teams of people. This is Dr. Jim Whalen. I don't know if any of you know him. We bring teams of people um, to help at the health clinic. Um, we teach many different things. Um, we have a lot of classes. This is Dr. Jeff Gisha. Some chiropractic adjusting there in Haiti. So this is our clinic. So one of the things that we do also is education. That's very, very important. So our nurse, every morning when the patients, patients will arrive at the clinic at 8 o'clock in the morning. That's when you arrive, and then you line up. So before she starts, she will do some patient education. And just I think this next slide is of her doing some, um, some education before, before we start our day. So let's see if I got this correct. Well, that's our ambulance. This is our nurse, Josette. And I think that this, maybe. So every morning, people walk sometimes eight hours through the night in order to come to the clinic. So they start, of course, in the night, and they'll walk, and they arrive there at 8 o'clock in the morning. And then, like I said, she teaches about water, healthy, sanitary, how to be healthy. Um, so we do a lot of, a lot of education. So some of the things that we've done through this, we there was a high cholera um, cholera just spread through the mountains when we first started working there, and hundreds of people died from cholera. When we started there, we started um, treating them. The government gave us a cholera containment tent. We taught them um, on just kind of healthy, safe water practices. And right now, since, since the, we have not a single case of cholera, we've wiped cholera out of completely out of, out of the mountains. So that's really a cool thing. We see a lot of babies um, up there, just a lot of different things. We serve 80 different communities up there. This little clinic serves 80 communities up there. Um, this is just another slide of doing some classes. The girls um, can't get sanitary napkins up there, so we have washable ones, and then we'll teach them about their cycle and have classes for them so they understand about their bodies. So that's actually Jan Gear is doing a class up there. Um, some of the kids that just really love coming, every time we're there, they come to the clinic just to kind of say hi. We also have water classes. These slides here, we're handing out those Sawyer water filters um, so that way they can have some healthier water. So right now, there's a lot of gang activity in Haiti. I don't know if you've heard. Um, they're kidnapping a lot of people. They've closed all of the main roads to the main cities. 
So um, a few years ago, we were um, given a gift by a church to buy this Polaris. And when we first bought it, I didn't want a red Polaris because I didn't want uh, attention drawn to us, but that's what they had in stock when I was there and when we needed it, so we ended up with a red Polaris. So right now, because of the gangs controlling all of the main roads, we cannot go get medicine. Normally, once a week, they drive to the, the bigger city and they purchase all the medicine for the clinic. So what they've had to do is drive this Polaris now four hours through the mountains to go get medicine, and they'll do that once a month. So when they come back, the Polaris is loaded with medicine. And I said to my guys, are you afraid that you're going to be robbed? The gangs will not go into the mountains, but the people are very desperate right now. And that's a whole load of medicine on that Polaris. So I said, are you nervous? And they said, well, we were at first until we've been stopped. And the word is in the mountains that if you see the red Polaris, that is hands for Haiti, and don't touch it, and don't let anybody else touch it, and it is protected. So all throughout these mountains, evidently, we are known, and which is great, and they, they protect us. So I just thought that was just a, a, a good credit to what they're doing with the health clinic there. So that's our Polaris picture. We have put five latrines, actually, I think we have two more right now, so we have seven latrines in that surrounding area, and some of the communities, most of them are at a school or at a church, and they take care of them, make sure that they are um, cleaned on a regular basis. Uh, we have a lot of hand-washing sta stations called tippy taps where we really kind of promote, you know, cleanliness. So the thing is, is we have all these people that come to this clinic, and we're doing great things, but we need to do more. We're having difficulties up there. Our babies are dying after they're being born. They just um, aren't doing good practices. We can't get them to the hospitals in time. So we, as an organization, and God really put on our hearts to, okay, so this is what you did. You built this health clinic. Let's go bigger. So we purchased this mountain behind behind me, and um, it's called Sante Lakai, and we call it Home of Health, and so we are in the process of building a clinic up there, um, and so let's see if the next slide, so we purchased land, here's our, um, our proof, that's our name up there, we were so excited that this actually went through, Bonjour this and is our land. welcome, I am Debbie, and I'm here at the site of the Hands for Haiti Santé Lacay. And here with me, I have our engineer. Léon Duterville, engineer, construction. Yes, this is our engineer for the construction. And so this is so exciting what we're working on. Right over here to my left, actually, is this future site of Santé Lacay. Right here, and then if you just pan around the other side, this is the future site of our depot and our cistern for water. We will be building a road up to this also. So as you can see, we're very excited about working on this project. And we're very excited you will be working with us too. Thank you. Okay, okay. Merci, Peel. Thank you very much. So that's the future site of our health clinic. Um, this is what it's going to look like. This is just kind of a, um, kind of a floor plan. I know it's kind of hard to see. 
Um, I also have another rendering that somebody did of what it will look like. But we're so excited about this. God has put so many people in our lives and just in this space out there that have been able to work on it. Um, They'll clear that whole area. These right here are just some pictures of them measuring. They're ready to start um, the cistern, which will help us with water there, collect water, and the depot. A depot is like a storage place um, where we can store all of the supplies for us to be building there. Well, we, we kind of will need that. So that's a really exciting thing. So really, what is our goal there? Our goal in Haiti is really just to love and care for the people of that mountain. Um, the mountain region helped them make their dreams and goals and reality um, by not doing but supporting them. Really, we really want to encourage them to do things on their own, and they just are so happy and so excited about that. So... Um, I have this friend, and he said to me once, so it's great that you have shown us, you know, what you've done, but what can you do, you know? And I really was thinking about that. And so I'm just going to just sort of tell you a little story. Not really, but um, so a typical Haitian, and so I'm there a lot. I used to be there every other month. Since it's not so good right now, I go not as frequent, but I was just there this past August. And this is typical. The story of a typical Haitian, he will tell you, I am happy, right? God is for me, and I am for him. I am faithful. They're very basic. They just, they love God. They love their faith. And they are faithful, and they are happy. And you see the joy on them. But they'll say, but I had a family member, and he died of cholera. And my other kids get sick, and there's nowhere for me to take them you know, when they're sick. And my girls, my daughters, it's not safe for them because it, when they go to the bathroom, there's nowhere for them to go, and they have to go in the fields, and it's not safe. It's not safe at night. And, you know, we have food, but not a lot of food. And it's, we grow some things, but it's just, it's not so, it's not so good, you know? I mean, our peppers are tiny, maybe, and um, our just, our food is not very quality. And I mean, I could ask my neighbors for help, but, you know, they're a different religion, so I, I don't really talk to them, you know, as much. So, so you know, but I'm happy, you know, and, and God is with me, and I, and these are such faithful people. So now, we have all these things in the mountains. So this is what can happen, and this is what's happening. So now, the same young man can say, wow, I can go to the Hans for Haiti Health Clinic when I'm sick, and... I'm getting education from the nurse every time I go about how important clean water is. I can send my girls there to know what to do um, with their bodies, right? Um, Also, I know what foods to eat, so I don't have this anemic problem anymore, right? Oh, and I would love to show you my farm, right? I've been a farmer for two years, and now I've been growing a lot of vegetables, and I'm even selling them in the market. And my kids can go to school. And I'm helping other farmers by mentoring them. I have so many more friends. Oh, my gosh. I did so well. I even earned a goat. Now I am raising goats. And, you know, when I need help, I can ask my neighbors. Because you know why? I'm in a Bible study group with them. And we share what we know and love about God. We share with each other. I went on a prayer walk 
to share this with others. And it was amazing. And I met more people. And you know, when I was on the prayer walk, I had to go to the bathroom. Huh, guess what? There is a hands for Haiti latrine right down the path. And I was able to go to the bathroom. So all these things really are things that we've helped them do, right? And so we just, um, we just thank God for giving this opportunity. You know, I read this um, Bible passage yesterday about, um, it's the story in Matthew, I think it is, when um, the, the owner invites people to the wedding feast, right? And then people don't want to come, right? And he sends his, you know, servants out to gather more people to come to the wedding feast. And, you know, some people, they, you know, they don't want to come, but he wants to fill his banquet. He wants to fill this with people. And, you know, we, he, he wants people to come, and God wants us to come. So many people need Jesus, and so many people in these other countries need Jesus too, and the, like the kids in the, the colleges that need Jesus. So this is just our little way of bringing Jesus to another country, to the country of Haiti. So I just want to thank you guys so much for, um, for inviting us here and just for all the things that you guys do. You do so many things with so many different missions here. So that's just amazing that you open your hearts to this. I think I have one last video. Just really is a, um, so it's just together we can do this. Um, we walk by faith, by not, not by sight. God leads us and we kind of answer. But this is just a little thank you that shows a lot of our different programs. Like when I I hope I didn't bore you too much, but thank you guys so much for all that you do for all the different organizations that you guys assist. Thanks. Thanks and praise to you and, and Jeff as well uh, for joining her this morning for all you do as a part of that ministry as well. So thank you so much. And that's what our mission conference is all about, uh, sharing the love of Jesus Christ, changing lives, uh, working with different partners in the gospel, um, some close, some far away. I uh, have a, a goal set for that. You have capability to um, give as God leads you uh, to help support the mission conference and the goal that we have. Um, great and good things, and also for the regular ongoing ministries that we have here in terms of partners in the gospel and the things that we do together. Uh, there's offering receptacles out in the back, so you have the privilege and opportunity to do that after worship. So 